Hello, listeners. This is Jim, the Keys bartender, coming to you from Key Largo. I don't know if you could tell by my voice. You probably can tell by my voice. What is your judgment? It sounds like, hey, Jim, you don't sound too well. No, I do not feel so. I am sick in the keys, not sick of the keys. Distinct difference of terminology. Yes, starting yesterday, always it seems to be I get the sickest on my days off. It's like my body knows. He said, hey, Jim, you can't be sick when you're going to work. So here I am doing the class, uh, doing the class, doing the podcast. So right now, it's going to be a half day for my daughter at her school. I don't know why they have a half day on a Tuesday, considering this week is the last week before Christmas break for my daughter. So, for and all the other students down here, or most of the students down here in the Monroe County, I am going to pick up. I'm going to I'm going to go and pick her up right now. I got to go to the uh, pharmacy and do that. The thing where you do, I got to get my cold medication and stuff like that. That to, to get me ready for work tomorrow. Is say, hey Jim, how do you know it's not COVID? Oh, I know a cold. I've been getting colds for years, and this is the exact one. Since I was a kid, before I smoked, before I smoked, and I smoked for years. God, I wish if I could take that back, I would take it back, but I do not. It was a learning experience, yes, and someday I'll have to pay for, maybe I'm paying for that right now. I'll have to pay the piper. But fortunately, like I said, I'm sick in the Keys. And being sick in the Keys in December means I'm going to go outside and it's going to be in the upper 70s. Yeah. And that's the best thing in place. The best place for me right now is outdoors. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to pause this and I'll be back. I'm going to do a couple. Uh, I'll see how this works out. I'm just going to take a segment here and a segment there. Being, and we record one episode. So I'll be back in, uh, well, just a shake of a lamb's tail. Bye. Hey, I'm back. You have no idea how long it took me to get, how long I was away, I guess. But this is Jim the Keys bartender back from picking up the daughter unit at high school and going to the drugstore and all that stuff on the way. And it's a beautiful day. It is a gorgeous day. I always seem to get sick on my days off. I get the worst of it. This is the way I get my cold. The first day I start showing symptoms. I got a little sore throat. Post-nasal drip, blah, 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 blah. Not to get into great detail. And then the next day, it all hits me up in the head. And then I fight that, try to keep it from getting in my lungs by gargling with hot salt water, getting that into my head so keep the infection down so it's not all over the place. Get some Alka-Seltzer Plus cold medicine. It's a whole routine. I've been doing it for years. People say, hey, why don't you go to a doctor and get some... uh, Antibiotics and stuff like that. What I noticed myself, at least recently, in the last 15 years, that it's about the same amount of time for me to recover on antibiotics as I do when I just treat, you know, do home care where I take care of myself, don't, well, I haven't drank in a while or smoked. 
but I just do those things that I'm supposed to eat, try to eat the right thing. I'm trying to give up a little of the dairy thing. But when you're in work, how do you cope with that? And I'm not just talking about me. How do you cope with that? Some people say, don't go into work when you're sick. Right? But, you know, when you have a head cold and all that stuff, that's not necessarily communicable. Everyone has a uh, cold virus in them. And how it, it's how it, you know, treats itself. It's the flu that you got to worry about. And this is the cold, and it just moves around my body and stuff like that. And it used to get in my lungs, and I'd have the thing where I'm coughing and stuff like that. It used to be distressing to my, well, seasonally, it's gotten distressing to my spin class and things like that. But I, I handle it. I handle it. But I don't like going into work like that. And I, it seems like I don't, I get my sickest on my days off. It's like my body's saying, hey, you're going to enjoy your day off? Think again. I got something for you to handle. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm just glad I'm here. And what I do when I go to work, I make sure I got all my different medications, my nasal decongestant, my cough suppressant, all that stuff going. Try to make sure that people don't really see it. Right? And plenty of energy stuff, whatever. Not, I don't do the Red Bull anymore. Holy shit, man, did I drink Red Bull years ago. When I first moved down here, every morning before I went to the gym, I drank a little Red Bull. Or one of those five-hour energies. I feel my heart racing right now. Just from taking that. I don't do the caffeine. I tried uh, recently, the last couple of days, I try not to do caffeine after 2 o'clock. I think I'm going to pick 12 as my arbitrary thing. And I'm, I feel better. I feel better as a couple of days. I just have to compartmentalize my coffee intake. Maybe caffeine. There, maybe there's things I, I can't really do. Almost everything you put in your body has a reaction. I don't have allergies. I don't have al- I Well, I mean, I don't have severe allergic reactions when I go and I don't break out in hives. I'm, I don't have severe allergic reactions. But you can still have things that your body doesn't like to get. Supposedly dairy products <clears throat> for some adults get harder to take. I guess dairy is... Is one of those things. But who knows? Because of all the things they put into dairy animals, you know, cattle. I mean, there's goat milk too, right? Sheep milk and all this different milk that they put certain substances in into the dairy cattle in order to produce more milk and to preserve it. That's why you see non-pasteurized and all this stuff homogenized. And it's safer and it provides a longer shelf life and things like that. But I think if you have a system where you don't put a lot of different things into your body, you got to break it down, that you start recognizing the specific things that get you, that irritate your system, that irritate your system. 
Okay? I'm not giving you medical advice, but you can tell just from trial and error, if you have something you take all the time and you notice you get hot, let's say you you like to eat spicy wings, hot wings. And every time after you have hot wings, you notice you have a heartburn and diarrhea. Are you going to keep on doing that? Are you going to keep on eating hot wings and putting up with it? Heartburn and diarrhea, or are you going to stop doing that? That's something you know, because you're the one that's intaking. Now, it may not be the spice in the wings that do it. It could be anything, almost anything else. It could be in the substance they fry the wings in, or, you know, whatever they coat the wings with. You don't know if you get the same. But if it's the same across all different types of hot wings, like you go this one place, Buffalo Wild Wings, you go to local restaurants, we have... Uh, hot wings at my restaurant. If you notice you have that problem, then you can draw a conclusion from those things. And I started noticing that a lot with dairy products in the morning. When I drink milk or have milk in my cereal and things like that, I'm not allergic to it. It just produces more fluid for me. And I don't want to gross you out. You shouldn't be eating listening to this show anymore. This is not for what would you call that? And what a stomach ache? A stomach not stomach ache. There there's a phrase that means things that increase your appetite. There's a certain word for that. And I know this discussion isn't something that decreases your, I mean, something that enhances your appetite. There are other things. And we know that in life. And we, we just, not just diet, not just diet, not just physical health, right? There's things we do. When, remember, go back to the times. And I think it's, it's probably best to go into recent time because your body changes over the year. And start trying to figure out what, when you feel the best physically. Break it down to physical first. Physically feel the best. When do you feel? Well, first of all, you're not sick. Second of all, when you're getting a lot of sleep, let's say. You're getting a decent amount of sleep. You're eating the right amount of food. You're getting the right amount of exercise for the people that exercise. And you can start drawing conclusions. And that extends to every part of your life, not just physical, mental, spiritual. You ever spend time with someone, right after you spend time with someone, you feel like shit? Your attitude's horrible? Let's say television. Let's say you get up in the morning, and you, if you watch the news and you listen to the news and then you're, you're listening to whatever news program you listen to. If you listen to cable news, cable news is very partisan. And people get very emotional about visceral issues. I'm not going to go in detail on that. But if that gets you worked up, if you think that's a good thing to be worked up and angry in the morning, don't listen to this podcast anymore because I don't think it's a good idea to get up and be angry. That is not the way to start your day. That is not the way to start your day. You might have to wake up and be angry if you're like, a soldier, a fighter, mixed martial arts fighter, cage fighter, 
You may want, you may need to get a little angry. You work it all out in the ring or the octagon, whatever. But other than that, does it really serve you well getting worked up in the morning, listening to cable news? And there's phone calls. There's people, phone calls with people. Still like, I know when I talk to this person on the phone, they get me worked up. I know I don't feel good after I talk to them. That's what happens when people get, they get avoided sometimes. They don't really understand why they're, they're being avoided. Right? I'm sure there's, there's people that, let's say, actively make you feel bad by the things they say, by the things they do. And there's people passively that make you feel bad by the things they say and the things they do. Actively could be mean it's it's something intentional by demeanor in that. Another passively is the person is in a funk and they can't be helped. They're always in a funk. You talk to them and you care about that person. If you don't care about someone, then how they how they feel shouldn't concern you. But when you're empathetic and you care about someone, a lot of times, and if you care a lot about a lot of people, a lot of times it affects people. So empathetic people have to be really careful in who they associate with on a daily basis. More of the narcissist personality, you really don't care because you're going to be, it's all internal, right? And there's a, a benefit to being internally motivated. There's a benefit, but it's a fine line between being that extreme narcissist or overly sensitive, empathetic. This time of year, you turn on the television, forget the news, think about commercials. The show, the commercials for Salvation Army, the show homeless families and people starving and stuff like that, and and save the children fund and abuse pets and all this stuff and you're over empathetic and you go oh my god I'd like to help out but I really don't have the resources to do that and you don't have it you don't have it don't feel bad about it don't feel bad if someone else did that the reason bad things happen aren't because of you so you shouldn't take that on yourself that's the way I look at it. There's horrible things that have always happened in the world. We're just more aware of them now. It used to be out of sight, out of mind. Right? You didn't know. You didn't even know these things happened. hundred years ago, people had no idea. Had no idea what things were. There was just a, on a lighter note... There was just a post on, a, uh, on my social media. And someone said, do you realize at Walgreens they have an, a sex toy section? I guess that's like the, the vibrators and I don't know if it's dildos or anything like that. I haven't looked for that yet. But people were shocked because of that. And because of that. But that's not that unusual. If you think about it, a hundred years ago, 
more than 100 years ago in Macca magazines. They used to sell these little, when they started first come out with handheld electrical devices. They used to come up with back rubbers and things like that. They called things that were shaped spherical with a rubber head on it that vibrated. And it was for calming women down. But they never showed it at the area where they really calms them down. They always showed them using it on their back or their shoulder or their face. No one takes a vibrator and holds it up to their face. Well, maybe there is an exception to the rule. But I have to say the lion's share of vibrators are not used in that region. And that's, if you look at these magazines, you look at these retro magazines, these old magazines, these black and white ads for that. And they treated it as a healthcare item, a wellness item. It was 100 years ago. So 100 years, finally, we're saying, oh, well, this is part of wellness. Right? Someone's able to relieve themselves. Relieve, manual release, whatever, masturbation or things like that. It's very important. It's, it's, it's very important for people. And the more they normalize it, the better. Not normalize it, meaning you do it in public. We don't, we don't take shits in public. That's normal, though. And we don't pee in front of people. Sometimes you do if you're intimate, you know, stuff like that. You really don't mind. But a lot of times when someone are taking a shit or peeing and stuff like that, they do it in privacy. And they sell things there that help you do those things. Right? So why wouldn't they do sell you something that would relieve another person's item? People say, well, I don't want to see it. What, you don't want to see adult diapers either? You got to see them unless you're going to buy them. You got to see them, in the, you know, if you go in the store, you got, they got to be out. Unless you're going to keep them behind the counter. Right? Are you going to deny that people don't masturbate, don't sexually satisfy themselves? You know that's not true. And it's part of healthcare. It's part of healthcare. It's part of mental well-being and physical well-being. So I wasn't really shocked. So I posted on there. What was the the thing I said was, I don't really have a problem with that. I just don't want them to be selling anything open box or gently used. A reference to one of my former hosts, Luke Glenn, when we were supposed to do a show. And we still have an ongoing thing where I mean have a conversation every year with this business in Key Largo. It's the Lover's Boutique. Lover's Boutique. Probably less than half the people that go in there are lovers. They're sex partners. Or they don't have a sex partner. They're looking to purchase one. And purchase one could be a device, could be a surrogate one, a doll, a surrogate. You know, there's all sorts of things. I don't want to get into detail like that. You're all grown-ups. You should be grown-ups listening to the show. That's why I put explicit. But they have all those things right there. And Luke suggested that he would like, he would definitely want to try to check out a butt plug. And I'm like... Why the hell would you think that that is a thing where you could use, just try out a butt plug? It's not like soup. They have a little cup of soup, right? 
unless they have a bag, like one of like a. Yeah, I mean, I just don't want to go delve into too deep. Maybe that would be a conversation for some store owner. He said, "Have you ever considered people trial use, and how would you wrap the item to in order to ensure that it was not in contact with somebody in order to reuse something? Because that's one of the last things you want to reuse, right?" You don't want reused condoms, popsicle sticks. Straws. We're starting to use straws again. That straws are a good thing. Straws had to be cleaned out. But I'm an adult, luckily. I'm an adult. I don't need a straw. Right? I can drink from a cup. You know, it's funny. As you, when you're young, you need a straw. And when you're old, you need a straw. So I guess that's the circle of life. Like coming into life bald, leaving life bald. Coming into life no teeth, leaving life no teeth. Coming into life shitting yourself, going out of life shitting yourself. All circle of life. How did I get there from the Lover's Boutique? I have no idea. The Lover's Boutique is a little misleading though. You expect that, you know, you go there and you say, hey, I want to get some, I want to get a book of love sonnets. Oh, let's go to the Lover's Boutique. I can find some poetry by T.S. Eliot. No, you will not find poetry by T.S. Eliot. You might find one in one place. That would be really interesting. You say highbrow. You know, in section, you're going to have like, a one section you have butt plugs, anal beads, uh, jackrabbits, dildos, vibrators, pocket pussies, whatever you want to call them. I'm sorry to be... It's rude, but that's what they call them. It's things so guys can stick their penis in and they simulate a vagina. Okay, you have that section. Very raunchy in some people's head, but in some other people's heads, it's, it's surrogate devices. And then you have a more refined area where you have poetry, love sonnets, music, maybe floral arrangements, cards, you know? There is a spectrum of human sexuality, if you think about it, right? It begins with more of the admiration. Let's say you admire someone. You physically admire their attributes. You admire their voice. You admire their, the way they look, the way they hold themselves, the views they have. And then you want want to satisfy your intellectual part of love by thinking about those things, right? That's traditional. That's let's say on the thing you start finding a spiritual connection with someone, intellectual experience, emo, uh, emotional experience, and then you go all the way down it to the pure physical, the pure physical which would be sex, massaging, oils, beads, vibrators, remote vibrators, all these different things. And one doesn't have to be uh, exclusive to, to the other, meaning you don't have to just be physically attracted without being having the emotional attachment and the 
you know, and the mental attachments and the things you're, the, the mind. Right? When we talk about love, when we talk about love and romance and things like that, it doesn't always slide. Romance and love could be on one side. It's pure and um, erudite, higher minded. And then the physical part is more of the base human things, what people call base. But it, we call it base because we have tendency to make it dirty. Right? Well, why can't it be both? Right? Why can't you bring the physical and mix it with that and tell how much you love someone while you're doing that and exploring those things and using those items that you want. They used these things all along. They were just different material they used. Condoms have been around for a long time. Uh, thousands of years people made the connection that uh, a male orgasm was the precursor to pregnancy. They figured that connection. Just like the connection of the thing when you find out something that's not healthy for you, they start making connections and say, oh, this, this is what happens when someone gets pregnant right before they get pregnant. It's not when someone comes and kisses someone on the cheek or someone sits on a privy. They don't get pregnant. There's a specific thing that occurs where pregnancy ensues. Right? So, the lover's boutique can be both. It doesn't have to be funny, weird, dirty. And there are dirty things there. Let's say, it was one of these famous Supreme Court uh, cases. I don't know if it was a case, but I don't know if it was Harlan, whatever, judge, Supreme Court judge, judge, Holmes, maybe, Justice Holmes, they ask, what is pornography? I can't describe what pornography is, but if you show it to me, I know it. I can tell that it's pornography. I I would have to say that, yes, there is a subtle difference when it comes to things like that. Just like on the human spectrum, where it's talking human spectrum of behavior, where most behaviors right in the center, and we go off to the left and the right sometimes to get to people that are 100% celibate and the people that belong to swingers groups or more free thinking about that, and then you have the extremist or the aberration. If you did a Cartesian graph to the most aberrant behavior. The most aberrant behavior that occurs. And people have a, a weird thing, a labeling thing as aberrant behavior. Because masturbation used to be labeled as aberrant behavior as, as well as oral sex was considered sodomy. And there were laws against sodomy. And there's still to this day, there may be local laws and some state laws against it. That's not enforced among consenting adults. So, it's 
it's interesting how our views have, what would you call it? How they've, I wouldn't say evolution, because not everyone believes in evolution, but they do evolve. And we're not in the same place as we were 100 years ago. There were the avant-garde art community 100 years ago in the 1920s. They may have had the views, the same exact views as the general population has right now. But back then in 1920, they looked at the people as perverts when they saw a nude. Right? But we see it all. You could, just in Facebook, you can go just see nipples, breast, sometimes vagina, all over the place. Kids see it. I wager if someone has any... And, and if you think your kid doesn't see it because they don't have access to it, their friends do or their acquaintances do. And stop. Try stopping a kid from ever seeing that. That was such a big deal when I was younger. What was a big deal? Seeing pictures, naked pictures of women. Luckily, I didn't. Um, luckily, I didn't phrase that correctly. They were women. I didn't. I didn't never find any like hidden gay pictures. But I'd be walking down the street. I'm in Philadelphia, and I found a discarded magazine that was kind of rained on. I hope it was rain. <laughs> you know, it could have been worse. It could be. Uh, but, you know, rain, water has a certain, it was uniform, a uniform coating across the whole magazine. Oh, that water, only water could do. I hope. <laughs> well, I took it home. I saved it. I cut pictures out that I, that were just the most un, let's say the, the most undeteriorated. And I saved them. I put them inside a book cover of the origins of my DC superheroes. It could be still in there today if my book exists someplace. I mean, a brown paper covering on it. I think the book may sit around someplace. Or someone probably found it. But yeah, kids are always going to think, you're always going to, the mat, you know, you look under someone's mattress, under someone's carpet, you know, area rug, area rug probably hides a lot of good things underneath it, sofas, but you know, if you have a parent that cleans, you may want to rethink those things, putting between the mattress and things like that. Mine was very subtle, putting inside the impromptu book covers I made. We used to put these cut open paper bags and make book covers for our books to make sure that they were nice and clean so we can return them at the end of the year, our textbooks. So I did that to my book and inside that, inside a book I bought, The Origins of the DC Superheroes, I was a comic book collector when I was young. I wish I kept some of those because, uh, not for the dirty pit, because obviously right now, the thing I had to scavenge for naked pictures of women is now at someone's fingertips. And video. Video used to be a thing. It used to be a arduous operation for you to get to see really hardcore porn. And now it's at your fingertips. It's available. And your kids are seeing it. Your kids are seeing it. 
One's just saying they never see it. They're lying. And, you know, I can see when they're exposed to too much, when they're exposed to too little. Too much is that they're already, you know, 14, 13, 14 years old. You got kids that are already jaded. And go, oh, that's his anal sex. This is this. This is 69. They know all the positions. I had no idea until I got to college. Right? And then you have the kids that have never been exposed to it. And you show it. You show something to a kid, a 15, 16-year-old, and they're traumatized. They're traumatized if you show them some of these things. It's just something you have to reveal a little at a time so they can wrap their head around it and say, this is the thing. That some of this stuff is normal, some of this stuff is not normal. It's, and they'll be the deciding factor on that eventually. People pay lip service to talk about deviancy and all that stuff. And we know a lot of these people that are the most vociferous at speaking out against deviancy are deviants themselves. Are the most deviant. To realize that there's all different things. Foot fetishes, hair fetishes, hand fetishes, plushies. And I could go on the most descriptive thing I'm not going to get on further you know what I'm talking about years ago and this is not I don't know if it's considered sexual someone in a German I think a chat room a chat room and a chat room was a forum for people to talk online at one time and in a German chat room some guy wanted uh, to eat a person alive. And they found somebody. Yes, they found someone. I won't go into any details. You can do the research yourself. There's actually a movie about it. Not a, a porn movie either. So it's a big world out there. And you have extremes on both sides. Great extremes. Right? Just because you like to do something a little doesn't mean you should go, it gives you license to do something a lot or uninhibited or to the extreme. And just because some people do things to the extreme doesn't mean you can prohibit everything on the one side. Prohibit all sex. Because we know in repressive societies, there's maybe this, not the same level of deviancy, but there is deviancy. Extreme deviancy. So, I don't know. We spent a long time talking about that sexual deviancy thing. I have to uh, probably end it right now. I'd like to thank everyone who's been downloading the episode. Thanks for bearing with me today. I did not feel well at all. But being able to talk to you was one of the things I know that is good for me. And it's not something I have to hold back from. Not like milk or drinking or smoking cigarettes. I get to do it. Now, it may not make all of you feel better. I hope it does. That would be my wish. But uh, you have to find out if you feel better after listening to this. And if you do, you could do me a big favor by downloading as many episodes as you can. The more episodes that you download... 
the more exposure we have. We can expose ourselves to the United States and the world at large. Right? The more that more it happens, the more people find it. People say, hey, this guy doesn't seem to have much of a production team or this and that and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I don't. No, no shit. But uh, thank you for listening. And if you think one of your friends would like, share with your friends, share with your family. Send, drop me a, a line at Jim is to Jim at keysbartender.com. That's Jim, J-I-N, J-I-M as in Mary or as in man at keysbartender.com. Keysbartender, the name of the show, dot com. No underscore, none of that. Just Jim at keysbartender.com. So drop me a line if you have any questions. I'll be, right now I'm happy to answer everyone until it starts getting crazy when it hits, when we have so many downloads, I'm going to have to be, I'm probably have to decide. I may not be able to answer all of them. Hopefully someday it'll be so many that I'll be busy answering and have to spend my whole day doing that. If I have to spend my whole day doing that, then maybe that'd be fine because maybe that'll be a way for me to generate more material because I get questions and I'll have to address the questions. <coughs> One of my friends uh, who sends me an email asked me about, it was National Bartender's Day last week. Send me congratulations. I appreciate that. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate that. Uh, I don't. I don't celebrate national days like that. When I become a grandparent, I won't celebrate National Grandparents Day. Uh, I recognize Father's Day, Mother's Day. Yes. Excuse me, one moment. But I'm not really comfortable with these things where I'm celebrating. I don't like surprise parties for myself. I realize it's more for the people that are throwing it, which is fine. I don't have a problem with it. I just hate the fourth thing where you're the center of attention because of a party in your name. You say, Jim, how can you be a podcaster and do that? Because you are a attention grabber. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of an attention grabber, but I'm not doing it for that reason, for not attention. I'm doing it to do a podcast. Okay. And it's a subtle difference in trying to say, hey, listen, look at me. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, it's nuanced when it comes to me. I do appreciate you for listening. I will be back tomorrow morning. Thank you very much and have a great day. Let me play this music. Music.